0: Welcome back to this week's episode of Just Chris. I am your host, Chris Carter. And girl, are you today's date? Because you're a 10 out of 11. It would have been so much better if I would have just recorded this episode yesterday, but I thought it was more of, a, more of a joke if we just we record on 10 11. Episode 38, guys. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you are new, the first time listening to the podcast, maybe took a break from the podcast and you're hopping back on, if you have not yet already. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. If you're on iTunes, maybe maybe rate the podcast. Leave a nice little review. Looked through them the other day, and I had quite a few. Shout out to Jonathan Barrett. He didn't even leave, leave his name, but from the episode where I had him on and we talked about the kind of vocabulary he uses, I could tell right away. Shout out to JB for the review you feeling up to it guys leave a review subscribe to the YouTube channel new episode every time i record we've been trying to do a week we've been trying to do every other week my produce uh producing team they've been they've been doing all right i'll tell them to pick it back up um but yeah check it out and for this week's episode i have a couple things i would like to talk about now i'm trying to decide between whether we want to start the episode in a more positive note Or if we kind of just want to just jump right into it and, you know, shoot it down by talking about Facebook and all the shenanigans that they went through. Um, And then if we have time at the end, of course, if we have time at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about Urban Meyer's new winning strategy and how it did not work at all. What we thought would maybe help out, maybe a little change of pace, a little change of schedule. Hit up the hit up the bars with the boys. I didn't. Didn't didn't quite work. And the Jaguars are now 0 and 5. Maybe we can just start with that. We'll start on a lighter note and we'll get into it. So Urban Meyer hit up Columbus last weekend with the boys because we all know what Saturdays are for. And videos began to surface and Urban Meyer was having a grand old time out at the bar. While his wife was at home with the grandkids looking after him, she was letting him do his thing. And, you know, maybe we were hoping with his shenanigans that he engaged with and all the the tweets, the Instagram pictures, all the shout outs on Old Row, that maybe it would kind of change his mindset into a winning mindset, similar to what he saw with Florida, similar to what he saw with Ohio State. Where did that lead him? in a bunch of Twitter drama addressing his team and the league and you know, not making it very easy on his wife. We, we thought that this would maybe you know kind of change the pace for Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. Maybe they'd be able to win this past weekend. I was going into the weekend thinking, like, if North Carolina would have passed sports betting before they went on break, maybe I would have put money on Jacksonville Jaguars to win this. Now, fortunately, our wonderful lawmakers in North Carolina side, nah, let's, let's not even focus on it this year. Let's, let's push it back a little further after we got all the approval and everything. And let's not make sports betting okay. Maybe it's going to help out Chris Carter if he ever were to decide against the Jacksonville Jaguars winning a game and Urban Meyer with his crazy weekend shenanigans in Columbus. I guess it all worked out for everybody but the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer. Um, so basically, it just kind of worked out for me. I have no ties to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I don't know any Jacksonville Jaguar fans, but if I did, they probably wouldn't admit that. I mean, 0-5, it's, it's not a great start. It is not a great start. Maybe he can come back. You know, there's also been word of a USC job opening up um, where he'd take the position as head coach there. Haven't heard anything about that yet. Um, Everything that really has been come out is just negative news towards Urban Meyer. I think his wife deleted her Twitter. Hasn't been a great week if your last name is Meyer. Um, But that's what that is, or that's that. Let's just hopefully pray that North Carolina lawmakers can welcome sports betting to North Carolina. It's it's legal in like all the surrounding states, kind of, West Virginia, um, New Jersey, I think Maryland, Virginia. Come on, guys. Maybe people are trying to throw down some crazy parlays. It wins some dough, but you know that's that's a story for another day. Maybe another day we'll do just Chris's law firm. I I don't know. What I do want to talk about today. This is this how we're gonna do it. We're gonna talk about. Facebook next, because Facebook had a very, very hectic week this past week. And not that it's like out of the ordinary for Facebook to have crazy things go on. But it's it's kind of out of the ordinary for Facebook to go down for a complete day. Now, where did this where did this begin? What caused this? Last Sunday a whistleblower for Facebook went on 60 minutes and talked about the company. Now as we talked about very very early and just Chris talked about Facebook shenanigans that they get into hope for regulations coming in the future. You know, it's it's almost a year later from that episode and we still have yet to see anything and people are still curious Why is Facebook continuing to do stupid stuff? Well, I mean, one, we're putting no stop to it. We're not implementing any regulations to big tech. So they're going to keep doing what they've been doing to get away with it. Anyways, whistleblower for Facebook went on 60 minutes. The following day, she went and testified before Congress, where she highlighted quite a few different key points, which I would love to break down for you all. And just once again, share the negative side of Facebook. Now, before I do that, I will say that I'm an active Facebook user for one, one simple reason. Facebook Marketplace. Now, if, if it weren't for Facebook Marketplace, I would not have the app. If they maybe had a separate app just for Facebook Marketplace, I would utilize that 100%. But unfortunately, to get through that, you have to go through the actual Facebook app. Pain in the butt. And that, that's, the, that's my only tie to Facebook right now. Now, they they need to separate so that I can just actually get rid of the app. It's not that easy, though. Now, the points that she highlighted, though, are pretty, pretty significant, in my opinion. So, to begin, she went on to say that Facebook is well aware that its platforms are extremely dangerous to certain populations, certain age groups, and demographics. However, they still continue to target them. Great example of this would be the younger generation. I would say like age 13 to probably like 22, 23. And the biggest concern when it comes to this age group demographic is body image concerns. And I think, you know, a great, a great example specifically within the body image concern would be getting on Instagram. because you know everybody has an instagram everybody follow maybe not everybody but you know maybe for me if i were to have an instagram this is how it would go down i would follow nothing but beautiful tall blondes and people who travel and a lot of travel pics and day after day i will get on instagram and just scroll down my timeline and always think like why do I not have this? Why do I not have that? Why am I not here? Why am I not there? Why am I not doing this? And it's the exact same same thing for anybody else. They're going to get on Instagram and see, oh, why do I not look like this? Why am I not traveling to Turks and Caicos? Why am I not spending my weekend in Monaco? And it's it's just such an unrealistic expectation. It's such an unrealistic reality. And it got to the point where I made the decision that I can't get on Instagram anymore. I'm I'm so tired of getting on and just being reminded of everything that I don't have when in fact the things that I do have and the things that I'm grateful for are very well overlooked. Why am I focusing on all of these things when I have oh oops when I have a bunch of nice things on my own? And you know, for the body image concerns, for example, say like a younger high schooler They're going to get on here and see all these Facebook or these Instagram models and everything and think like, okay, this is what, this is what perfection looks like. This is what I need to aim for. This is the type of makeup I need to buy to look this way. And it, it causes so many, so, so many negative, uh, how would I wear this? There's so many negative attachments to it. Like there's no way in hell that this is helping anybody on a daily basis there's no way that it's healthy to be constantly reminded of the things that you don't have nor you may never have and especially like as a developing you know a developing teenager like it's not a great look and one of the things that the whistleblower did propose to lawmakers is to increase the age limit of Facebook from 13 to 17 And I don't think that's a bad idea at all, but we kind of run into one problem. When I was younger, I had to wait until I was 13 to make a Facebook. I had to wait for my parents' permission, shout out mom and dad. I had to wait for them to be like, okay, I guess it's all right that you can get on Facebook. I guess it's all right. But at this point in time, I was, I believe, in like sixth or seventh grade, and everybody already had a Facebook. even like the year before me in middle school, like there's no way these kids were 13 already having Facebooks. So a a lot of the people went, say, behind their parents' back or their parents didn't care, and they went and made the Facebook before they were 13, already kind of breaking the rules of the platform. So I think to a degree, by increasing it from 13 to 17 would help. But I would say like only if you had, you know, uh, you know, decent parental supervision around internet safety. But everybody else can just get on the app, make an account, request friends, whatever. What, what is Facebook going to do to kind of back this, to make sure that these people are 17 when they get on, what are they going to do? Like ask for your ID? Oh yeah. Let's just give Facebook another reason or another, another set of details to our lives. Outside of already knowing where we are at all times, you know, what our daily uh, habits look like, do we really just want to give them our our birthday? Actually, we already give them our birthday, you know, maybe our eye color, our height, our weight, all of that. Actually, they probably already know all of that. But how are they going to make sure that you're 17 getting on Facebook? So I think it can only work to a degree. And I think if they did do this, we would still continue to see these problems. Now, I'm not 100% if this was proposed specifically for Facebook. So specifically, like, you have to be 17 to get on Facebook, or is this all of Facebook's, like, programs? Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger, actual Facebook? I don't know. But then to go and tell anybody under the age of 17, like, nope. Nope can't make a facebook or i mean you can't make an instagram sorry they're going to go and make an instagram behind their back <laughs> now one of the one of the videos i did see um following the whistleblower testifying is one of the senators trying to understand the concept of what offense is and talking to someone at facebook and instagram about what this is and he was like well you know we should just get rid of finsta completely unaware of what Finsta is, really how Instagram functions or the purpose behind it. And she keeps trying to explain to the man, he goes, look, it's not one specific product that we have. We don't just focus on Finsta. Like Finsta is a type of account that an individual makes maybe outside of their main account or maybe something more personal. And it just, it wasn't getting to the guy's head. He just, he could not comprehend. And we saw a very similar thing to this when Google went before Congress, um, when all of the, the crazy shenanigans with wall street bets and Twitter and Reddit, all of that, the people who are in Congress have zero, honestly, zero idea how the internet functions. (laughs) And it's so crazy to me, like hearing, execs at Google explain their platform, how it functions, how they collect data, all of this and that, and for it to just go right over everyone's heads. And they they just don't understand it. Like why don't we why don't we vote people in who you know maybe have a background in cybersecurity, IT, anything related to internet, maybe someone that I the current people that were testifying before when it comes to big tech have no idea about big tech and it's crazy. Like we need to have a specific group of people who are well-versed or at least have an idea of how it functions for them to go and make decisions and make regulations based off of that. Because it's just, like I said, like in one ear and out the other and they don't understand the complexity to it. They don't understand how it functions. Like, all of the behind the scene behind the scenes works and everything with big tech, they just they just don't get it. And it's a shame. And maybe I, I would say like even down the road as as time continues to kind of go on and we begin to elect more people into these positions, like everyone is always gonna be behind in the current technology that we elect to office. If that makes sense. Like I, I don't I don't even know a better way to explain that, but like they're just they're not gonna understand because in ten years technology is gonna be drastically different than what we're familiar with. And they're honestly I mean it seems like there's a point in time where people just kind of give up on learning new technology. You know, we probably have grandparents that are still accustomed to using VCRs and CDs while we're over here like streaming videos off of our phone that you can, tr- can in control with the touch of your finger. They just they don't understand it. And for that tangent, I w- I will conclude that. I mean, whatever. That was just a quick little tangent. Second point that I had after this uh, after this whistleblowing meeting is that it was great to see that both Democrats and Republicans were on the same side of this argument. There was no disagreement uh, disagreeing between the two parties. Everyone was on the same page. Neither of them were taking sides. Yet they both agreed that every part of this country has had harms that have been inflicted by Facebook and Instagram. So it's good to see that, you know, our lawmakers can agree on something. After all of this waiting potential government shutdowns, they're like, okay, yeah, we, we can agree that Facebook's bad. Let's just agree that Facebook's bad and then not come to an agreement on anything else and just whatever story for another day. Good to see that they were on the same same page about this. In addition to this, Facebook has begun to devote less and less time researching misinformation and hate speech in non-English content. So outside of what we usually see on Instagram and Facebook of all the English speaking, uh, misinformation, fake news, all the crazy stuff that you know gets filtered out on Facebook or gives you the notification that this potentially could be fake news Facebook spends all their time just focusing on what we can understand they're not even they're not even going in or dedicating the time to other languages and this is beginning this is beginning to become a problem worldwide we're beginning to see this problem rise in many different countries that don't speak English and Facebook, they know about this. They know that, you know, they're not dedicating the correct time to filtering out this hate speech or this, uh, this misinformation being spread. And they've admitted this in public. They've just gone out and say, like, yep, we know the problem. Are we going to do anything about it? I don't know. But, you know, it is agreed that this engagement-based ranking is extremely dangerous without integrity and security systems in place and you know in other languages in the world that you know aren't going through the going through the review looking for integrity or having the security system behind them it's it's pulling families apart it's causing major separation between groups for example in Ethiopia they're facing a lot of ethnic violence just because of this, like just from what's spread on the internet. And whatever happened to the saying, don't believe everything you see on the internet, that's taken a drastic change from where we are now because no matter where it is or no matter what it is, we learn everything from the internet. So it, I, I will say that it's probably not the easiest thing in the world to separate what's real and fake and misinformation, but like, maybe just don't believe everything like are we going to come down to that either we believe everything or we just don't believe anything and you know that's i think that's just a problem like a bigger problem within itself but facebook is not is not helping this at all they're also also lacking major transparency major transparency and it's incredibly obvious you know anybody outside of Facebook has no idea what's going on within the company. And this goes for the average American, the average citizen, um, you know, the public national government to even worldwide government. Nobody knows what's going on with Facebook and they're not forced to share any of this, any of this information. You know, maybe they have a ton of info that they've just withheld from, you know, our national government or other worldwide governments, and they, they don't have to share it. Why would they? When it comes to any other regulation of any other industry, for example, the financial industry, like the SEC is all over any large financial institution for the most part. I mean, definitely some slip through the cracks, but the SEC is, you know, typically pretty good over it. But when it comes to big tech, do we, I mean, the, uh, the FTC, I guess, would maybe be the other the other uh, organization that would look after big tech. But as we saw, when it comes to the conversations with, you know, Google, um, who else? Google, Twitter, Reddit, all of that, all of those conversations with Congress. If Congress has no idea how the tech industry functions. So how could they come up with a proper like regulation or regulatory authority to look after this? Like. It, it honestly, it changes like day after day, year after year. Now, after the whistleblower went on to talk about all of this, Zuckerberg came out and issued a few statements trying to discredit all of her statements, try to discredit everything she talked about on 60 Minutes, everything she spoke about before Congress. And he went and said that she worked with Facebook for less than two years. She had no direct reports and never attended a... Di- never attended a decision point meeting with any C level execs or above. Now how how can we how, who can we believe on this? Because I mean one, Zuckerberg, he could be telling the answer or he could be telling the truth. Or maybe she's right and he just needs he just needs a way to uh he just I am not I totally lost my train of thought. Um, so Zuckerberg issued a statement following all of this, discrediting this past employee's information that she shared with 60 Minutes, she shared with Congress. And by doing this, he said that she worked for Facebook for less than two years. She had no direct reports and not once attended a decision, bo- decision point meeting with any C-level execs. Okay, so this can be broken down multiple ways. like. If all of this is true from Zuckerberg, how did she get this information? And if this information was attained by her outside of any C-level execs or any meetings or reports that she had, you know, it sounds awfully like to the point, like the stuff that I, I've talked about, the stuff that she spoke about, they're not lies. Like they, they line up perfectly with everything Facebook has done wrong. So like she's not, she's not stretching the truth here. I think Zuckerberg just needs a way to say that, no, her stuff is fake. No, let me, let me just go and spread some misinformation about a past employee. See this right here? This is where uh, regulation would come in handy. Mark Zuckerberg, man, he's, he's a dang character, to say the least. And how, how can we trust Mark Zuckerberg? I would trust an employee who's choosing to go public with all of her statements Choosing to go before Congress and all of that before I would truck, trust Mark Zuckerberg. The more that I think about it, the more I just want to go and delete my Facebook right now. But, you know, how else am I going to find new computer parts and look for a new car if I don't have Facebook Marketplace? I don't know. Now, one of the things that we did see, one of the outcomes that we saw, is that the senators were all very receptive to the possibility. Of new regulations on Facebook. But this isn't the first time we've had this conversation. As I talked about earlier in the episode that I spoke on maybe eight months ago about Facebook needing regulation, eight months ago, and we didn't see anything happen. And here we are in the same position yet again. So, really, what's it going to take for lawmakers to really come to the conclusion that? yeah, we we need to do something about this. We need to stop kind of pushing under the rug or taking priority over other things when this is obviously obviously a bad problem that we got going on. Now, with this, Facebook experienced one of the longest outages in the history of the company. Um, On that Monday, where shares were down 5% throughout the day, However, we saw a jump where it was back up 1% on Tuesday morning after the platform was back up. And with this, users were prevented from refreshing their feeds or sending messages or checking out what the newest Instagram models posted on their feed. Kind of sucks, but maybe it was a good thing that people had to get a step away from Facebook and Instagram for the day. And the reason behind this Facebook claims is, and I quote, configuration changes on the backbone routers, um, which is an extremely ambiguous statement. But then again, like how can you break down something so complex and like break down something network related to the average person? So they can't go into detail like oh, this happened because of this, this, and this. And we did this, but this didn't work. So let's just say there are configuration changes on the backbone routers. So enough to Enough for someone to read it and say, eh, I'm not going to question it. It is what it is. Now, these changes or the changes that were issued um, on the backbone routers uh, caused problems that interrupted the flow of traffic between the routers and the data centers. So, all the information that goes from your phone to a router and then to the data center, like it just wasn't lining up. Like you weren't able to correctly obtain. And send information back and forth. And we saw this again on Facebook, on Instagram, same thing on WhatsApp, same thing on Messenger. And with WhatsApp, like that, I'm sure that impacted a ton of people because while I was in school, I had a lot of international friends, and the best way that they communicated was through WhatsApp. And that's like, the common, or like the most common way to communicate between another person um, internationally, or like when my sister lived in Australia, the best way to contact her was through WhatsApp. So to go a whole day without being able to contact anybody is crazy to me. Now this was the longest stretch for downtime of Facebook since two thousand eight, where a bug shut down the website for you know about a day, maybe a little under a day which ultimately affected 80 million users. 80 million users in 2008. It's now 2021 and Facebook has over three billion users. Three billion users were affected this past Monday. When, when will Facebook, you know, when will Facebook be regulated? When will big, big tech be regulated? When is there gonna be a change? I couldn't even I can't even think of an example for something to happen for them to finally say like this this is what we need. This is how we need to act on this. This is how we need to regulate it. it I I really don't have any words for it, but to change the conversation, to change the pace of the conversation in addition to the content of the conversation, we're not gonna all talk negative. You know, we, we started off the episode a little positive by clown on Urban Meyer and his his nightclub shenanigans. I want to talk about another big face-off we saw this past week in Katmai National Park and Preserve in southwest Alaska. And what, what type of showdown could have gone on in southwest Alaska? Let me tell you. Fat Bear Week. Fat Bear Week. What, what, the, hell, what the hell is Fat Bear Week, Chris? Well, let me tell you. It's a competition between 12 different bears in the National Park and Preserve where they were voted on based on their images before hibernation versus after hibernation, and the internet went crazy over this. Like at first, I just heard this on the Yak the Barstool podcast one day where they talked about it. I was like, okay, maybe it's just maybe it's just a Barstool thing. Maybe they're just talking about this one topic because they tend to talk about just crazy shit all the time. And then as the week progressed on, I began to see more and more articles about Fat Bear Week. This was something that, you know, definitely came unexpected. And maybe the people who aren't familiar with this are like, what what are you talking about right now? What was going on? The winner was announced this past Friday, and it came down to none other than 480 Otis. And it was between him and 152 Walker, both extremely large bears based out of the Brooks River in Alaska. Now, with more than 800,000 votes casted, 480 Otis came on top, winning by more than 6,000 votes. And this ain't Otis's first rodeo. This ain't Otis's second rodeo. Shit, it's not even his third rodeo. This is Otis's fourth time winning Fat Bear Week. This man's kind of a champion. You know, he probably walks around the Brooks River, you know, with his chest puffed out walking on two legs, because, you know, quite frankly, he's allowed to. When you win four fat bear weeks, like, you're kind of allowed to do what you want. Like, you kind of own the place. I don't know if he has anybody even close to those numbers, but if he does, like, four championships? Now, let me tell you a little something about Otis. Otis weighs a little more than a 1,000 pounds. He's about 25 years old, which makes him one of the oldest bears in the Brooks River. So, you know, he's the oldest. He's probably the wisest bear out there. Definitely, you know, one of the fattest bears out there. However, not the fattest. You know, some some bears of his species can weigh up to 1,200 pounds. And he has very obvious signs of his old age due to or from his missing canine teeth. He has a lot of teeth that are worn down. He's probably developing some gray hairs and probably hates young kids walking through his yard. Now, the Brooks River, where 480 Otis resides, 152 Walker resides, where they'd be chilling at, it is one of the largest and healthiest runs of salmon in the world, and at this location bears outnumber humans, which, I mean, if I were to take a guess at any, any point in Alaska that there would be more bears than humans, it seems like a pretty obvious statement. Now I pulled up a live stream of this cause they have had a live stream going for weeks now and just turning it on like right away, I spotted like 11, 12, 13 bears just kind of just walking throughout the river, catching salmon, hanging out. You, they got their obvious groups. You know, you got the teenagers chilling, you got the old men chilling. And in this river, some bears can catch up to 40 salmon per day. That's I'm going to tell you like salmon, they aren't little fish. So for a 1200 pound bear to be catching, you know, a fish, the size of a salmon, let me, let me just, if I, just by saying this, this might give you a little bit of an idea about the size of the salmon. They can, they can have or contain up to 4,500 calories. That's like two and a half days of meals for a human. I, Maybe it's like two days. I don't know the average human calorie intake. But 4,500, and they can eat up to 40 salmon per day. Like, I I wish my calculator was working right now on my computer. Like, it it says that it's, it's una- unavailable in my app store. But 4,500 times 40, of course these bears are fat as hell. Of course these bears are competing in Fat Bear Week. Like, they're eating... At, I don't even have my phone near me to do the math. Like, I'm, I'm kind of curious about their, about this. But them boys are eating good. <laughs> they are eating extremely good. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we got for Fat Bear Week. I'm going to mark it on my calendar for next year. And I'm going to try to dedicate more time into this. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll do a, a Fat Bear Week specific podcast where we just talk about the contestants, just talk about their habits. Now, I'm sure you can still go on Google and find the website where this was hosted and take a look at all of the competitors, all the contestants, and look at their before and after images. And, I mean, 480 Otis, it's like night and day. He's a completely different bear before hibernation versus after hibernation. You just got to check it out on your own. Another thing I found crazy, which, you know, kind of lined up perfectly with this topic around the same time last week during Fat Bear Week, a lady in Canada was fined $60,000 for threatening wildlife. And, you know, when you think threatening wildlife, like, I don't know, maybe like burning trees down, destroying animals' homes, I, I, I don't even know, just like bad shit. How is, how is this lady in Canada threatening wildlife? She was feeding wild animals. What, what was she feeding wild animals, Chris? What, what is so significant for her to be fined $60,000? Let me tell you. She was, I think on a weekly basis, I think this was like every week, she was leaving out 10 cases of apples, 50 pounds of carrots, 15 dozen eggs. 15 dozen eggs she's leaving for the animals to just feast on. (laughs) One, where are you getting all of this food? Two, I mean, too good for you. Like, you're, you're feeding wildlife. Shout out to you. And then three, these animals are eating good. It does not say exactly where in Canada this took place, but if I were to guess... It might be near the Katmai National Park and Preserve in Southwest Alaska at the Brooks River. Maybe this is why these bears have been eating so good. Man. And this is why they're finally catching on to this lady. They're like, okay, there's no way 480 Otis consumed this much last year or the year before, maybe even 2017. Like these bears are eating good. There's something going on. Someone's feeding these bears 180 eggs a week. But could you imagine just getting issued a fine for $60,000? $60, $60,000. Could you imagine getting a fine for two Tesla Model 3s or a Tesla Model X? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a Model S we're talking about. Like, Yeah, you can, you can feed wildlife every week with 10 cases of apples, 50 pounds of carrots, and 180 eggs. Or you could just get a Tesla Model Model S. Like, I, I, I don't know. It, it is what it is. But sixty thousand dollars. Like, I can't even think of like a fine that would be anywhere close to having to pay them. Now I know with national parks, like you can face, you can face a pretty hefty fine. For example, by taking wildlife away, like picking plants, pocketing them, and taking them back to wherever. Like people have actually gotten in trouble for this. There was a man. Earlier this year, they got in trouble for taking plants from, I believe, Yellowstone and a park in California and bringing them back to Japan. But he was doing numbers like he was he was putting out a lot of a lot of supply to be caught. But I mean, I guess I guess 180 eggs a week, 50 pounds of carrots or yeah, 50 pounds of carrots and 10 case apples are pretty significant numbers. Was $50,000 necessary? I, I, I don't know how deep it goes. Like, I, I don't have all of the details around this. Like, maybe 60000 is like on the low end for feeding these animals. Maybe she did a lot of damage. Or maybe it was just like kind of an insignificant impact. And maybe like a $10,000 fine, $10, fine would have been okay you never know truly really, but i it kind of it is what it is now last thing last thing we do have to talk about before we wrap it up we finished it off two two episodes ago where we talked a little bit about crypto we're talking about bitcoin cuz let me tell you bitcoin it's on the rise once again it is on the rise once again let me see if I can pull up this chart real quick. Okay, so just within this past week, Bitcoin has gone from forty-eight thousand to fifty-seven thousand dollars. Bitcoin is on the rise within the past seven days. Oh, this doesn't this doesn't tell me the daily chart. Within the past seven days, you know, it it started at forty-nine k. Right now, it's at. 57.6K. So it's jumped quite a bit. Now, if I had my calculator handy, if the Windows App Store would allow me to use my calculator right now, I would do the numbers. New minus old divided by old give you the percent of change. But no, we don't have that. Bitcoin to 60,000? I will bet by November 1st, we're hitting 60,000 for Bitcoin. By November 1st, without a doubt. In addition to this, another meme coin that was very popular during the time of Dogecoin and all the other excuse me. All the other shit coins is Shiba Inu coin. Now the price of a Shiba Inu coin last week, it it's so insignificant. Like, let me count out the zeros on this. So it's 0.0000008. So let's see that. Tenths, hundredths, thousandths, maybe ten thousandths, hundred thousandths, eight one hundredths of a cent, eight one hundred thousandths of a cent is, I don't even think that's the correct wording for it. But six zeros for a digit. That's the price of one Shiba Inu coin. And it. Jumped by 150%. Um, actually, almost by 200% at this point in time. Last time I checked, it was at 00030. So within a week, week and a half, you've well over tripled your investment. And with smaller coins like this, this is just, just like what we talked about in the previous episode, where it's much easier for a small cap coin to double, triple, quadruple. Much easier for that to happen for you to make more of a return than if you were to wait for Ethereum, Litecoin, Bitcoin, any of those other things to double, triple, quadruple. <laughs> Much easier for it to go to eight hundred thousandths of a cent to two to 10,000, I, I, I don't know the digits. Maybe I should have paid more attention in like fourth grade when they taught us this. But even then, like they're not teaching us this many zeros before a digit. It's crazy. So if you have not yet already, you know, it might not be too late. It might not be too late to put your money in Shiba Inu coin. Me personally, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I'm not even going to waste the time of day. I could look back in a year and a half and you know Shiba Inu coins at like $4 and I could be I don't know like a trillionaire but I'm not. I'm not going to put money into it one because Coinbase doesn't offer it. So I'm not I'm not, I'm not going to waste the time. Why would I waste the time in putting something that's on Coinbase? Which I do have coin uh, beef with Coinbase right now. I haven't been able to log into the app for about a week and a half now. So Coinbase get your shit together. That is what I have I think that's that's all that I have for this week's episode looking through the notes. I mean, last thing that I was potentially going to talk about, but it kind of kinda offset with all the negative positive news is the oil leak in California. I'm not getting into it, but good news on that is that Southern California beaches are now beginning to open after about a week and a half of oil cleanup. Great news. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Just Chris for sitting through my Facebook shenanigans talk for listening to Urban Meyer's Saturday Night Out with the Boys and then hearing a little bit about Fat Bear Week. I look forward to putting out the next episode for you guys all. Again, if you have not yet already, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you consume podcasts. And, you know, when the opportunity comes, subscribe To the actual podcast where you can get weekly premium content. We are not there yet, ladies and gentlemen, but we're in the works of it. We are in the works of premium Just Chris content. Guys, thanks for listening and talk to all of you soon.